listen to Two Married Lesbians discuss an LGBTQ plus book each month that highlights the queer human condition as they use connection and humor to relate the issues to us as a queer community. She's Anna. And she's Miranda. I am. And we're two married lesbians. We are. And we're all queer here. Well, welcome on back. It's been a minute for us. It has uh, been. For y'all, it's like it just happened. Yeah. It's fresh in your minds. And September is a big month. It is when Banned Books Week happens, and that starts Sunday, September 18th. Coming up. Week. Coming up, where we um, celebrate the freedom to read that um, falls under our First Amendment rights, um, to read books that have been banned for truth, mainly, um, under the guise of language or LGBTQIA+ or profanity or other things and we read those books and celebrate um what they have to tell us as life lessons and recognizing that only parents have the right um to prevent children from reading certain books but not everybody else's children and if your child is not mature enough for that book don't prevent other children who are ready for that book to read it i mean i personally diverge in the woods with you on this and i'm like if your parents are homophobic and you need that life-saving book, sneak into a corner of the library. Read it. Don't check it read out. Read it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Live in those pages. Mm-hmm. And then go home and, pre- you know, the parents will not know. That's coming from your yeah. auntie I, Miranda. Yeah, but officially, yeah. <laughs> um, so Publishers Weekly says this, uh, says this in part about the title. This entertaining memoir as guide holds crossover appeal for mature teens with a note that some sexually that there's some sexually explicit content and is sure to spark valuable discussions at home and in classrooms. And School Library Journal suggests it for grades 9 and up, but school libraries have been removing this book all across Texas and other states. Um, but there is a new deluxe edition. It features a new cover, exclusive sketches, and a foreword by N.D. Stevenson, and an afterword by our author. So that's pretty exciting. Definitely worth um, getting the new one, even if you have the original. Well, we yeah, we had the original. We went ahead and picked up... Anna, we haven't even said the name of the book yet. Oh my gosh, you're right! Yeah, so we're very excited to be covering Gender Queer by Maya Kobe. And uh, Stan, this author, beyond, beyond, beyond big fans um and uh like i said we already owned the original edition and then we went out and had to buy the uh the deluxe and i actually got an arc of the deluxe and was like i just have to buy this like i do that for a lot of books but i want to read it early um so this this is the number one most banned book of last year according to the american library association which tracks um that and the reasons for it it's been banned, challenged, and restricted for LGBTQIA plus content and because it was considered to have sexually explicit images. Um, <clears throat> so we'll, we'll get back to that as we discuss. But okay. some other news for Banned Books Week, uh, as, again, as I said, it starts September 18th, that there were, last year in 2021, there were 729 challenges, which means that someone raises the concern for the book 
um, and then if they remove it, then it becomes banned. And 82% of those were books, graphic novels, and textbooks, followed by 5% of programs in meeting rooms. You know, the um, drag queen story time gets challenged a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why. Which I, I have so much trouble with I want to go to that people. myself. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, story time, but more fabulous. Get yeah. over yourselves. Yeah. Um, and then they have this lovely graphic in their video um, explaining the censorship by the numbers. And um, it basically is all the words for why books are challenged. And this is from what website? American, it's, it's on YouTube. It's from the American Library Association, but they did a video of all the, the stats. Oh, okay. And um, the bigger the word, the bigger the reason for the challenge. So mm. like sexually explicit pops out. Critical race theory pops out. Oh, LGBTQIA boy. is huge. Obscene is huge. Woke is also huge. And then profanity. That, that's just an excuse for, mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable questioning that maybe I'm part of the problem. And also, like, you know, when I see um, books challenged for language, I'm like, have you ever heard your kid talk when yeah. you weren't around? Or, yeah. like, when they're in the bedroom with their friends and you just mm-hmm. walk on by and you hear the kind of language they talk about? I mean, or the, the kind of language they use. All right, so we're really excited to talk a little bit more about our lovely author, Maya Kobabe, and goes by E, M, and Air pronouns. Which is very similar to they, them, theirs, mm-hmm. um, as a frame of reference. And newer, that's the first time I've heard about those pronouns. Yeah, the specific pronouns. And those specific mm-hmm. pronouns. Um, and so we're going to try really hard to, to use those instead of they. But before we get to it, we had this, well, I had this kind of genius thought um, because as I was reading back through this book, it hit me in a way that Casing Calendar's Felix Ever After hit me when I read it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And because this was my like third reading of it for the podcast. And um, I thought, well, what if Casing Calendar wrote a book and my co-babe did the artwork and we like collaborated with like a non-binary writer and a non-binary um illustrator like how fantastic would that story be so i just i got really excited at that thought so i just want to put that out there into the universe maybe it's already in the works if not okay that's my dream come true thank you yeah can we just get like all the well and then we recently covered um wish you all the best Mm -hmm. like let's get all these amazing let's get a giant beautiful non-binary like magnus opus that's actually how I found I Wish You All the Best. Really? Was I had a student who um, wanted books about non-binary characters. And um, and I got asked about LGBT content all the time, even before I came out as, as um, gay to them. And that's what a lot of librarians say, is like kids have friends or they're curious themselves and they just, they're interested in reading about that. Um, so that's one of the most requested topics that they get. And it's usually like in a hushed tone because mm-hmm. kids are nervous about how you're going to respond. But I was looking for a book and I came across that and it was YA. So I went ahead and recommended it to them. So, but I read it first and then I like was in love and so they, they loved it. And then I found Genderqueer as another recommended book online. And so I, um, I hadn't read it. So I said, you know, I haven't read it, but I'm going to, I put it on hold at the Dallas Public Library and I said, I'm going to go get it. It's a graphic novel, so I'll read it over the weekend, and I'll let you know. 
Um, and I did. I went and got it, and I had had some fines at the library. Uh-oh. And I had... I had well, paid, well. I know, and I had paid them. But I, I always did self-checkout, or self-check... Yeah, self-checkout. Um, different contexts and books, but, you know, I don't pay anything. <laughs> you scan your card, you scan your books, you get your receipt, you leave. And... Um, it wouldn't go through. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I paid my friends. I'm so embarrassed. Like I paid them last <laughs> time. Surely I've returned my other two books on time, right? And one of the librarians came over and he was like, oh yeah, I have to check this out for you. And I was like, um, is it my fines? And he's like, sorry, that was me mumbling. Is it my fines? And he was like, no, it has an age restriction on it for content. And I was like, oh, okay. And I guess it was like 18 and up. So I like take my like restricted book and run home or drive home and just devour this story and yeah we'll talk about some of the content but i mean again school library journal is one of the best you know references for school librarians out there school library journal um for book reviews by professionals yeah and like a lot of librarians review books part-time um you know we we have master's degrees for a reason Mm mm-hmm and we are trained on how to review books for, for children and how to select those materials. So it's really disheartening with all of these book bans going around because people don't trust us to do our jobs. But I can't be a morality police for your child. You know, if you don't want your child to ever read a book with a queer character, I can't help you monitor that. And I, I won't, like even if that was part of it, like that's just terrible. They're going to go out into the world and work And guess with, what? There's queer people. The, yeah, there's queer people at the grocery store. There's queer people at their job. Mm-hmm. There's queer people on their kids' football, baseball, inter-sport-named team. Like, yeah. that's... You queer ha- people on the bus. Yeah, you have to learn how to work with different people. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, reading books that expose kids to queer characters and to those identities helps them better understand those identities better when they do encounter them. Yeah, because then if you understand somebody's identity, even if it doesn't match up with your own at all, you have the ability to have empathy for them and see them as a human and not react out of fear. So all it does is help us grow as humans and be kinder to each other. Yeah, absolutely. So with that story, so I I went home, I devoured the book, fell in love, was just like so in love um, with my Kobe, um, and you know, the, the two days later on Monday, the student was like, Oh, I love, you know, they, they had devoured. I wish you all the best. I was like, did you, did you get the, did you get the queer graphic novel? And I was like, I did. And, um, it has some, some explicit content in it. And I, I talked more about the, um, the visit to the gynecologist. Uh-huh. And I said, there's just, I called it like, um, I called it sharp imagery of, of how mm-hmm. traumatic that was for, for the character. And I said, there was an age restriction on it at the public library. So I'm recommending you talk to your parents to see if you can. Yeah, because yeah. there, there wouldn't be a way for that kid to get it yeah. without Yeah, there wouldn't adult. be a way. Yeah, and I said, um, and I don't even think that my branch had it. I think I had to get it like transferred in. Oh, okay. Or I had to put it on hold and they delivered it. So I said, you know, you're, I think you have to be 18 to get it and um, touch your parents. Um, and they had a they had a library card. And they're like, well, my mom will just order it for me on, on Amazon. I said, well, I'm just letting you know. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you order something on Amazon, very often it'll send you an email to refer you to other things as you, you know. But that was my story. And I was like, even at a very, you know, hugely diverse 
city like Dallas, there is a restriction on it. I think that's ridiculous. And I don't know now. I would imagine it's still the same. Yeah. Um, But I think a lot of people or a lot of places do that as a way to prevent a fight later. I mean, I wouldn't want our 11-year-old reading this book right now because he's not mature enough. And even, like, Publishers Weekly says, it said, um, for mature teens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked about this the other day. When I look at stuff that's on the streaming services, Mm -hmm. shows that have made me blush with the sexual content, or not just what they're showing, but how they're discussing it. Yeah. Like, that's shocking to me, this little, like queer teenager that was like afraid to touch anyone because my mom had you know shamed you shamed me into not (laughs) believing in pleasure yeah that wasn't a thing so i guess um you know we have books like this that talk about masturbation Mm -hmm. that talk about fantasies that talk Mm -hmm. about gender identity and genitalia that makes people uncomfortable but that doesn't prevent kids from thinking about it from wondering about it and not having a resource for it well and that that's the whole thing um I'd much rather my my own personal children read and read about sex than go and have sex when they weren't ready for it mm-hmm. and do something that they didn't feel comfortable doing. Yeah. Or or do something uncomfortable to someone else. Exactly. Um, exactly. I the the whole concept of and I thought that the forward was so beautiful. Yeah, you. I, I love the afterward too. I just the forward. Both of them were good, but I, I, I. You were crying. Yeah. yeah, you were reading it while we were you, driving. Yeah, you wanted well, me I to read driving. it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to take a couple breaks because I was like tearing up because like that, that thought that Indy shared about just taking in all the straight media that we took in as kids didn't prevent us. From being queer, it didn't make us straight. It made us internalize. It made us have internalized homophobia. It made us feel a lot of shame and grief, and take longer to realize self love for ourselves, and then be able to kind of enter into healthy relationships with others. Because if you don't love yourself, you, you can't, can't love, love somebody else. else. Um, but it reminded me of all those times as a kid where I was. You know, my parents, I remember as a kid, like some of my favorite times were during the summer. My parents would, because I was a really good kid. I was quiet. I did whatever oh, adults. Oh, sure. No, just kidding. Okay. But I would do whatever adults told me to do. I was, I would listen. I was quiet. So like, I didn't bother people, but my parents would drop me off at the library and I would just. Unsupervised. Unsupervised. How old were you? Give us a, like five. Um, no, <laughs> I was older than that. Uh. Gosh, I was probably like 10. fourth or fifth grade. Okay, so like 10, 11. Yeah. They dropped me off at the library, and I'd be there for hours, and I would just find books to read, and, and then eventually I'd decide on a couple to take home, but it was around fourth or fifth grade, probably fifth, that I discovered Stephen King, mm. which arguably is not appropriate for that age level. Was that was that in the adult section? That I don't... Over? I, it had I, to have been. I had to have wandered over into the adult YA. section. I mean... And, and I read about a rabid dog trying to eat, attack people and eat them. I read about um, men and women having affairs with each other and... Uh, all the parts going Like, everywhere. all the parts still didn't turn out straight. Um, also didn't turn out to be a rabid dog or have 
you know, the powers to melt people with fire with my mind. Like, none of that happened. Not yet. Not yet. Still working on it. Um, <laughs> but, like, the ability to go into a library and have infinite possibilities of adventures and people and places and feelings and and all these identities that are just there waiting for you to discover them is so incredibly powerful. And if I hadn't had that as a kid, I, w I don't think I would be who I am today. And to decide that all all of the differing identities should be silenced and only the identities that a fairly homogenous group of people believe in should be allowed is not only wrong, it's incredibly dangerous because all you do is make people that feel differently than you feel a lot of shame and guilt, but you don't, you don't, turn them into someone yeah, else. You don't change their identities. Mm -mm. You just try to eradicate their identities from existence. It's just... It's like book genocide. It is book genocide. It straight up is. I, no pun intended. It. Straight up. Oh, um, gosh. I mean, that's what it feels like. It's, it's erasure. Mm -hmm. They want to take those books out. You know, um, Maya talks about discovering Oscar Wilde, and mm -hmm. I just... I discovered him briefly in high school. I had a very progressive English teacher and you have to say that now because she talked about characters being gay and blah blah and we mm -hmm. kind of found out Oscar Wilde's story and so I just kind of like fell in love with that and kind of his play on words and then when I got to college and really delved deeper into his works there's queer stuff everywhere just mm -hmm. everywhere and so that to me was really revolutionary and then Maya also talks about um, Alison Bechtel mm -hmm. and Fun, Fun Home mm -hmm. and that I read in college as well and um, just another amazing work of literature Artist. mm -hmm. yeah and just for the queer canon and you know I, I look at this book and I, I see the <sighs> I see the outpouring of, of love for it online mm-hmm and then I also see the, the people that have just seen probably just certain images. Out of context. Out of context. Decided they hate it. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that it wasn't of, of literary value, and that's totally wrong. And I think we're starting to have this more contemporary queer canon with queer and non-binary and trans authors come together and really say, you know, kind of as a group, like we're we're gonna talk about what we needed to talk about when we were kids. Yeah, what we needed to see and wasn't there for us. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're gonna be that for this future generation. Yeah, like we already have kids. You know, you have kids. You know, taking their girlfriend, boyfriend of the same gender or non-binary partners to prom, and like that's become acceptable. And we see that on TV shows now. But when you're sitting there wondering, like. You know, what does it mean that I am fantasy? You know, Maya in the book fantasizes about about gay sex mm -hmm. between like gay two male, male sex. gay male yeah. sex, and is thinking, what does that mean? Or fantasizes about having a penis and mm -hmm. is wondering what that would be like. Yeah, and I think people have those thoughts, but it doesn't necessarily make you a different person. It doesn't make you dirty. 
And, um, and you if know. you don't have that representation, you don't realize that other people feel that way, then, yeah, you're kind of left to go, well, am I, am I a freak? Am I different? And, and they have really supportive parents. But they mentioned several times that they just can't go to their parents and talk about that. Or when, I guess, I loved the, um, I'm not even looking at my notes, but um, the, he buys a vibrator. M buys a vibrator. And um, it doesn't work out very well. And kind of humorously so, but yeah. I mean, just because you're looking back on it. Goes through this kind of comical rendition of their face while trying to use this vibrator. Ends up giving it to M's sister. And I could just see like, me going through a similar situation and be like, I watched it really well and giving it to my sister. Like I just, there were, there's moments. Super relatable. Yeah. Like you can be a totally cis hetero human and relate to parts of this book. Mm -hmm. Parts of identity, parts of sexual exploration, parts Mm -hmm. of just seeing yourself in the world, even when. Or not fitting in. Not fitting in. Finding ways to fit in. Finding your tribe, finding your group in grad school, finding your group in the comics world or whatever world you, you're into. Um, and then, um, the, let's talk about the gynecologist visit, the first one. And we'll be right back. And we're back. Yeah, I mean, that was a really difficult scene. Uh, it was definitely really powerful. And while I don't feel like I, I ever had such a visceral reaction to the gynecologist, I always felt really deeply uncomfortable and like I would feel like I'd even if I hadn't shaved my legs recently I would feel like I had to shave my legs to go see them and I never like I just like I had to like I don't know do performative womanhood just Mm. to go to the that's a good way to describe it yeah because it like it's not like I'm trying to impress anybody there but I just like it feels like you have to be a certain way and it's just always so uncomfortable not that it's comfortable for anybody not that every like there's someone out there going yes this is my favorite no one one properly warned me i went for the first time when i was in college and i remember being really nervous Mm -hmm. and um there's this like grandmother like lady who is my doctor very gentle hands Mm -hmm. but that that speculum is not gentle no. So gentle hands. They ain't don't have any you. fluffy ones. No. And you have to sit, you have to put your legs in stirrups. And my mm-hmm. mom had just said, oh, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, no. You just it's... got a wide open JJ to take in this thing? No, it is not a little uncomfortable. It was so, it was awful. And so like my experience was very similar to, to Maya's first experience. Um, I didn't go back for probably about five years. And then when they, in the book... So when, very much like my experience. The doctor's office calls M and says, you hadn't been here in five, over five years. And M agrees to go. And then they couldn't perform, mm-hmm. perform it because M was so nervous. And so it's like this thought of like anxiety around this, this very invasive procedure. First, I think, I'm trying to remember what came first. That I think it was they do the breast exam first. And then they did the pap smear. Mm. Um, for but, yourself. Yeah, for me. Mm. 
And I remember thinking, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Like, you're, you're, you're there. You're touching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. very medical, like, padding for bumps. Sure, but, right, it, but it's, it's very, just all of a sudden happening. It's just very invasive. Yeah. And um, I just, I haven't been for the longest time now. And I put it off and put it off. And I have an appointment in December because you were like, you got to go. You're of a certain age. <laughs> is that what I sound like? Something like that. <laughs> but I can see people looking at those images, mm-hmm. those images of Air's reaction and just kind of seeing like this is inappropriate. Okay, but if you put it in the overall context of the book, and this is a gender journey. Mm-hmm. And so you have to take it as a whole. You mm-hmm. can't just take it from the beginning. You know, it should be like the equivalent of ripping out pages. Yeah. Like the story is lacking without those pieces. Right. And I mean, certain aspects of the book will speak to each of us in different ways. Because like there were aspects of my journey that, you know, didn't necessarily resonate with me, but I can appreciate what that journey was like. But then there were other aspects of that journey that I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Like, thank you for showing me that I'm not alone in that. Um, Like, one of the things that really resonated with me, and I didn't really, um, I didn't really think about it as deeply as I did after reading Genderqueer. But um, I remember... When I first got my period, talking about that, the part of the book. Yeah, early on, um, the dread about your period. Yeah, yeah. that was real. Yeah. Um, but and then the mom litter goes, oh, no one likes their period. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. That's a little different than what I'm talking about, mom. Um, but yeah, so I remember getting my period and feeling like I got all this external, you know, feedback. Like, somehow I should be proud because I am a woman now. Like, did you ever get that that oh, yeah. branding? Mm-hmm. It's heavy, heavy branding. Um, it's and, almost like the I'm a big girl now. Like, <laughs> but it's like the woman version. I'm a woman now. Is there like yeah, a Barbie and it's, for it's that? bogus nonsense. Mm. Um, but, like, there was like this part of me, and I have this very real memory of feeling like if I got, like, bullied or made fun of by older girls, I could be like... You can't, I'm not a baby, I'm a woman now, I have my period. That never came up, that never happened, I never had yeah, to like, it's yeah. not a thing, but it I just, it feels like, yeah, yeah they build I it just, up in your mind. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, but I'm a woman now, like I was in, I don't know, it's seventh like for, grade. It's almost for boys, like, oh, your voice is going to change when you hit puberty, and you're going to be a man at the age of 12. Yeah, sure, like, sure. <laughs> Are you? You can't vote yet. No, you can't vote yet. Really, really sticking it to the sticking man, it to Anna. Him. Sticking it to him. Um, but anyway, uh, I remember all these aspects of being like bullied when I was in middle school, which was when I first got my period, and like my hair was really long, and then I wanted to try to grow out my bangs because I didn't like my bangs. Do so you want the side swoop? Was that what you? Well, were it was for? just it was just really long hair that I kind of would. I, don't, I was not good at styling my hair. It was just kind of down the middle part, and I tried to swoop it off to the side. And I'd have boys make fun of me and be like, are you a boy or are you a girl? And then when I'd go... Do you have an androgynous look? I do now, purposefully so. But, like, then I was just a lost little kid. You still looked androgynous as a kid. Well, okay, fine. Anyway. You're a cute kid. You're a hot human. Now, now, so. thanks for the specification of that. You're welcome. But anyway, um, 
I remember being in middle school and being so embarrassed because multiple times I'd go into the bathroom and a girl in the stall next to me would be like, oh my gosh, they let a boy in here. Because I had hairy legs and I wore like off-brand mm. skater shoes. Yes. Well, because my parents wouldn't buy me the Vans or Airwalks or whatever. Wow. I had to use like Payless. Like, you know, I couldn't have the good ones. And I just... Did you I, hide in the stall? Did you no, come out and I like, just I'm a girl? No, I just hid until they left. And I didn't ever think about it until very recently that that was kind of like this origin story for why I have such complex emotions about bathrooms. Well, you like public about restrooms. making it through two years of school, yeah. not using the, the, yeah. the school restrooms. I, that's actually... That's um, so unhealthy, but it happens. It is incredibly unhealthy. I avoided using public restrooms at school for the longest time, and I was getting like UTIs, and my mom was super worried and upset. She's like, I don't understand what's going on. I was like, I don't want to use the bathroom at school. And she was like, well, that's ridiculous. Why are you don't want to, why don't you want to do that? And I was like, I couldn't, I didn't have language for it. And so I was just like, well, I'm worried I'm going to be late to class. And my mom's like, well, that's ridiculous. We're handling this. And so she had like a school counselor pull me out of class, talk to me in the library. And I'm like, wearing my gym shorts and looking ridiculous. And they were like, well, we'll just write you, you know, a note. And then you can always be late if you need to go to the bathroom. And so I constantly had a note to be late. And, um, I mean, it was just like, I didn't really know what to do with it. Because that wasn't the problem. And if I had not been such a goody two-shoes, I really could have used that to my advantage. Well, did it help you go to the bathroom a little bit? Um... I think I went to the bathroom maybe once or twice, like, the whole year after I had the note. Similarly on that note where it talks about not shaving your legs, and they're at a pool party, mm-hmm. the, the girls with um, East Group, and he takes her leg out and is like, oh, what, the water Oh, the, the water doesn't... And it, and it, it beads, beads up. up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I... <sighs> I don't identify as genderqueer. I'm just kind of queer in general, and I sleep with, well, now one woman, but just women. I, I, um, I'm glad that it's just the one. Thanks. Um, and uh, But I stopped shaving my legs pretty much permanently a little over a year ago. Because mm-hmm. um, it just, on top, on my thigh, it gets really thin, but it's really like long and wavy at the on my ankle, which is where my ankle pants show it. Mm-hmm. And you know, have gotten more button ups, and I have short hair now. And I stopped wearing makeup years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I had a you know, I've had people ask me what gender queer means and what gender identity and all the all the different terms and you know, terms have changed. And you know, now we have obviously we have non binary and things like that. But you know. We have better language to reflect. We have better language to reflect. Identities that have always yeah. been there, yeah. And some people fall under multiples of those. And, like, for me, I just, like, I'm, you know, Maya talks about, um, there's a really beautiful graphic on page 70 of um, imagining part of them as a boy and part of them as a girl. It's really mm-hmm. flowy hair. It's got, like, blue shading. It's really pretty. I like and that And then talks about this metaphor of the, of their gender as a scale Mm -hmm. goal was not masculinity the goal was balance and 
I think about that in my life because I remember when I first read this, I was reading it for a potential recommendation for a student, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it resonated with me as a person and where Mm -hmm. I was in my journey at the time and had stopped wearing makeup, didn't shave my legs often unless I was going to go on a date or something. I mean, it's just those ideas that were put into our mind, like he mentions questioning that, like, why do I have to shave my legs when boys don't? Yeah. Like, it's it's soft there. I want to leave the hair there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, what's the problem? Yeah. I, I really... Talking about, like, why we have to... Quote, unquote, why we have to um, do, like, performative gender stuff really resonated with me. Like, I remember as a kid being really upset that I couldn't run around with no shirt on. Same. Like, my friend. And mm-hmm. I was like, that doesn't seem fair. Even when you're not developed. Yes. Like before, like I was way, like, that's not fair. Way before puberty, yeah. That's not fair. I don't want to wear a shirt. I want to feel the wind. And they talk about that, too. He talks about that, too. Yeah, because, like... I say they all the time for people anyway, but I need to be conscious to say. It's hard. But as long as we're aware actively and... Actively trying. Actively trying, that's, that's how we get better as humans. Um, but, like, I... I don't know. I have a complicated relationship with identity, like my gender identity. And I mean, I personally identify as gender nonconforming, but I do identify as a woman. Um, I just have very complicated feelings about it. Like, I like my breasts. I like that they're there. I think they look good. Um, But I also, when Maya was talking about being kind of jealous of men in like button up shirts and having a nice flat. How they fit better. Fit um, uh, on their chest. I, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I want my, I want that to be the look that I have, but also with boobs. Like it's, it's better so complicated. Button up shirts for women with breasts. Yes. There you go. Or, or bodies that are curvy with breasts, you know? And I, but the fact that it goes 10 years never wearing shorts because of leg hair, mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was last September, October, whatever. It was still hot and in Texas, so it could have been any month last, last fall. Um, could have been December. But we <laughs> went out to a concert or an outing or something, and I was like, man, it's so hot out. I don't want to wear pants. And you're like, so wear shorts. I was like, but I haven't shaved my legs. And I just remember... Like, I don't remember what I wore. I just know that I wore shorts, and it was, like, my first outing not wearing, not having, or wearing shorts without having shaved my legs, and I felt really nervous about it. Like, mm-hmm. people were going to be all up, what are they going to say? Like, oh, you didn't shave your legs. Like, hey, my wife doesn't care. She still loves me. Like, that, yeah. you know, I guess that would have been the response. That is the response. But it's just, it was f- so freeing and yeah. I just felt it was like the epitome of being able to take my shirt off in public like it yeah. just felt like that it was just yeah. it was so freeing well and around the same time that you were like I'm gonna stop shaving my legs I was also like I'm gonna stop shaving my legs and it bothers me to not shave my legs and I think it's because my hair is coarser mm. and it tickles and it makes me feel like I have spiders on my legs all the time and I wish it didn't feel that way because I don't necessarily like shaving them. Like the act of sh- and like having to remember to shave them. But honestly, you know, and I, I've kind of gone wiffle waffle back and forth on it. Like I don't mind having hairy armpits, but I do like to shave my legs because I just like them smooth 
better. Personally, for me, that's what I like. And when I didn't shave my armpits, it starts to tickle me. Oh, so so we're, we're it is the opposite. It is the reverse. <laughs> but I think, too, like, because, you know, Hermat tells him mm-hmm. to not shave. Like, if you don't shave now... It'll oh, that was the ant. It was the, the ant. ant. Okay. If you don't shave now... It'll, it'll stay soft. It'll stay or... soft and it won't be a problem. But then if you start shaving, it's going to just be a problem. And that's so true. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I think over time, like, I have noticed it with mine. It took a long time for my hair to get soft again. Oh, yeah. And to not grow back thin. And now on my upper thighs, you can't even tell. And I'm not embarrassed when I go to the doctors Ragged. anymore. Mine's so thick. I'm not embarrassed to go to the doctor anymore. I mean, maybe I will at the gynecologist, but, like... If they're going to judge you, they can get over it. They're getting paid for this. They're getting... Yeah. It's, you know, I just... Yeah, they are. They're getting paid for it, but I'm just... You're the uh, one uncomfortable. I know. If it makes them uncomfortable, good. You're even All my bits odds. and bobs are hanging out. Like, yeah. They're the... <laughs> bits and bobs. I just... Uh, it's so ridiculous. But, like, this is the most accurate portrayal of my experience at the gynecologist. Yeah. Um, and for the longest time, I felt ashamed and felt like I couldn't talk about it. Because I would mention it to my friends. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not that bad. I'm like... For you, maybe. For you, I mean, uh, yeah. It's there needs to be like a pamphlet given out in health class in middle school about. That's like for some of y'all, it'll Mm be uncomfortable. For some of y'all, it'll be life changing, and you'll never want to go back. (laughs) And that's that's normal for some people. But I've had cervical cancer in my family, so I have to be careful. I have to actually, you know, you do have to go. I have to go. I have to go. But I feel like if I take some deep breaths and maybe don't mm-hmm. have a ton of coffee that morning. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But, um, that's what, you know, cause, um, Maya talks about masturbation. Mm-hmm. That is a common thing that we haven't really talked about previously. Previously. No, I meant like in the world. Oh, we don't talk about it. It's a very common it. thing in the world. Masturbation okay. is very common. But I, 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 I really, think, I think a lot of people do it. I do. I do. You do it. Um, no, I, I do think they do it. Yeah, you do think they it. do it. Yeah. Um, but I started noticing over the past five plus years that masturbation pops up more in young adult novels. Mm. That this is a thing that... I, yeah, I think I've noticed that too. Yeah, I mean, that girls do it. And that's, you know, that, that, that has see, been a modern like, thing. And when I was in high school, I didn't think girls could. In the could. early aughts, yeah. That I didn't impossible. think girls could. And then like one girl was like, yeah, uh, no... They can. I do it. And we were all like, no, you're a liar. You, no, girls can't do that. That's not even a thing. <laughs> and I feel like such a jerk. And I wish I could go back in time and be like, hey, Jennifer, sorry about that. Maybe you we'll right. see her at the reunion. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got my 20 year reunion. Maybe no, she was that. like a year ahead of me. Okay, well, unless I had lots of wine, I would be like, were you the wine my wife said <laughs> yeah. couldn't masturbate? Um, you know, chewing on a turkey leg. That's what, you know, holding a nice glass of wine with my turkey leg. And yeah, I love it. I'm pointing at her with the turkey leg. With the leg. turkey leg. Yeah, I, like, want, I want this to be the 20 year reunion <laughs> experience so badly. So, so Maya talks about that, and I think that is that is a um, a moment to kind of claim your own self pleasure, mm-hmm. um, a moment to kind of own your own body. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people look at it that way. They look at it as dirty and and it's not like you're, it's your I don't know defiling body. yourself. I don't it's know. Your I don't, body it belongs to you. You mm-hmm. do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. Just like that doesn't hurt other people, right? Because it's it's your body. So like, if you want a snack. 
you want to have some ice cream or you want a steak or you want to drink a soda or coffee or like how is that any different well and then um he mentions so as they met and masturbated as a teen and gave it up for six months and then got tired of tracking it <laughs> i i i wouldn't think to track it but i think that that's cute cur- it was like i'm trying to figure out what's going on with me i'm trying to figure out right and the question of asexuality comes up. Yeah. and That's I, really important, I think, for a lot of teens to realize. Absolutely. I loved, um, what was the line? There are so many good lines in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, um, I'm, I'm not, a, I mean, I guess I'm not, I guess I am opposed. I think I'm opposed to highlighting graphic novels. Because I think it interferes with the color. Oh, like annotating? Yeah. Okay. But if it was a book, I'd be highlighting the hell out of it. I know, like a traditional book. Oh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I like the part um, he said where it was uh, asexuals having the best signs at Bride. Oh, yeah. We can just cuddle. I, I loved that. Um, and I thought it was so cool because I was thinking about asexuality and that it is definitely an underrepresented part of our our queer family and i stumbled upon a quirky little show on netflix called the imperfects and it's i mean it's a it's an odd show which you know is is right up my alley oh odd and miranda yeah synonymous synonymous. um but one of the (laughs) one of the lead characters is ace and i was like that's awesome um, and she's just this really cool, incredibly intelligent person. I don't want to, like, ruin the show. Mm. But if you're looking for asexual content, Netflix, The Imperfects, if you don't mind a slight amount of gore, because it is, there's a weird fantasy element to it. But. Okay. I feel like um, a lot of my friends, like, as I got older and became an adult and therefore sexually active... Um, would say, well, you know, I want to make sure, like, the sex is good before I get married or this and that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a given, but you got to rate them and train them as a good cuddler, too. Cuddling? Because yeah, arguably, like, you do more cuddling than sex. Yeah, because, like, if you're sick, you like, I, I was really well. sick recently. I sound yeah. a little off still. I had an upper respiratory infection. And Nurse Matilda took care of it. Or Melinda. Wait, Melinda. I forgot our my made-up name. Yeah, sometimes our son calls her Melinda, but... And I was, like, so gross and, like, with the upper respiratory infection, like, my nose was leaking and I was coughing up gunk from my lungs and it just, everything hurt and felt like I was just dripping out of my face, right? And you just came and you cuddled me and I just, just like, oh, I'm gross, but I feel so loved, you know? <laughs> and that's, that is an underrated skill. I, I've... It's an undervalued skill. Absolutely. When, in my first marriage, which was not the happiest for many reasons... I, I was previously married to a a very poor cuddler. Like, mm-hmm. arguably just a non-cuddler. And, I mean, especially for somebody whose love language is physical touch, especially, like, cuddles are so great. Because, like, you get to express your love and reassure somebody or it's, bond. It's great in the winter when it's warm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when cuddles. it's cold. It's I, cuddling yeah, the is cuddling warm when it's warm. cold outside. <laughs> we get yeah, some extreme weather here in Texas, so you got to be down to cuddle. You got to be down to cuddle. I don't like it when we're outside and you try to like cuddle me because I'm like I'm already like drenched and I feel the sweat trickle down my back. I know. I I, sometimes I forget you're like I'm like don't you, touch me. It's hot. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. That's, it's like you have fur. That's Anna outside. Yep. Anna outside of the heat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is like 10 mm-hmm. months out of the year in Texas. <laughs> um, I love too that um, he reads that science book mm-hmm. or friend recommends and kind of jokingly realizes that Lady Gaga was right and, and he was born, born that way all along. Huh? So. I I definitely I loved that. That was actually one of my notes as well. Really? Um, yeah, in reference to Churchill's research, mm-hmm. I really loved um, the inclusion of those pages. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, absolutely loved it. And that he references them. Mm-hmm. There like, are so many numbers. people that don't realize that bio like that whole argument biologically male, biologically female, and it's like you know what? You obviously don't understand science if that's your argument. Because, and, and that's um, an interesting thing I was reading about a while back that that's why they, that it's an easy test to actually, in like a college course, to, to test and see what your chromosomes are. But that's why they don't do it is because it can really mess with your psyche if you find out that your chromosomes don't match who you feel you are and that that's a surprise for you. Like, people that know it, great, fine. Um, but I think that's a really interesting concept to explore. Like, I just, it's so fascinating. Well, I found out, I think it was last last fall, I was in a professional development for my job. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about boy brains and girl brains. Mm-hmm. And I, we did a little activity. And, and you have was, a boy brain. I have a boy brain. And I, you know, it was a virtual, so it was like a couple hours, and I finished, and I came out and said, Miranda, Miranda, I have a boy brain. You're like, yep. I was like, what? I'd never known that about myself. Yeah, you got a real boy brain. Boy brain, and I take a long time to process. Like, I come home every day, house work, fine, good, blah, blah. Let's the dogs out, pours a glass of wine, sits down, reads a book. Hours later, cooks dinner, does dishes, sit down, tucks the kid into bed, reads him a story, Takes a shower, gets her pajamas on, comes into bed, then I un- unveil my day to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if I ask you, like right when I get home, you you have no words for me. Yep. You're basically our child. How was school? It's fine. Yeah. What'd you do at school? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I I know <laughs> what I did, but yeah, it is a it is a process, and I I think a lot of I always thought a lot of that for me like as an educator was that so many things happen mm-hmm. throughout the day and when school starts back up it feels like every day is a week in itself because mm-hmm. there's so many million things that happen mm-hmm. and so you can't fully put it into words when you get home like how was all of it collectively mm-hmm. and so for me it was just easier to say good fine or oh it was a lot just let's move on so that's what I always attributed it to because I've always had you know I was a reporter and then yeah. I was a teacher so and now librarian and so every day was always really intense full, full. very intense very exciting yeah. very full of things and interactions and so now I look at that and I'm like wow this is how I think well and it couldn't be more different than when I get home and I'm like you unload on me and I'm like I cannot wait to tell you everything about my whole day and I'm like I don't even know what color his shirt was I'm in the middle of cooking dinner and it's sizzling and flip that and pour the milk and do this and you're like what yeah yeah. But you've been better about coming in and, like, giving me a shorter synopsis, which mm-hmm. still takes about 30 years. And then if it's important to me, I say, hey, I really need to talk about this. And I say, well, let me get the food 
yeah. plated or whatever. Or when my favorite chef, I'm really not, but I am a good cook. <laughs> Let me get the food plated before You're we have a this You're a very discussion. good cook. I know. But one of our one of my favorite things that we've come up with is if one of us wants to talk about something that the other one isn't really in the mood to hear or is like, you know, I don't know, it's not our favorite thing is I can tell you anything in the world I want to as long as I'm rubbing your feet. Yep. I love that. To a satisfactory level. Like, you can't just, like, poke the toes. Like, you've got no, like to deep tissue. I'm good at rubbing feet. Rub the arch. Okay, let's not divulge into this. but And then I do it for you when I want to talk about my fantasy book series that I'm reading or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or your your latest rom-com yeah, show rom-com, that you're watching. Yeah, rom-com. Yeah. That I, I tried and I couldn't. I want to talk about um, two things, and then I want to see what else you have before we do our rating. Okay. But um, I thought this book, or both, or all three times I read it, I've lost count. I feel like this is one of those, um, almost like a queer anthem, but like to Mm -hmm. read, that Mm -hmm. you should just read like every five years. Yeah, I agree with that. So I just feel like... Oh, it's time for my... Annual checkup, like yeah, my annual every five years, yeah, every five years, yeah, queer, every gender queer, every, um, bi- it, biannual gender queer reading or mm-hmm. something. So, but every time I read it, I was a little disappointed at the end because it felt like it just kind of cut off. About how he is teaching comic drawing to students, and he wishes that. Oh, hold on, this is a quote from it. This is this is what he says. I wish I didn't feel. That my identity is too political for a classroom. Because he debates coming out mm-hmm. to our students. And it's page 238. Mm-hmm. And there's a talk with the parent. And the parent's like, oh, I'm so glad that my yeah. daughter has a female role model. And yeah. that's done at my age. And and, and he's like, oh. I should have <laughs> corrected her. And then didn't want to take that moment away from the parent. Mm-hmm. But then I think, too, we don't see when he comes out to students. Yeah. But when, well, because it's like, that's hope for the future. I know, like, but when you do, like, that non-binary kid, mm-hmm. or, or that queer kid, mm-hmm. is going to have that realization. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think the first queer teacher I had was a gay man. I am mm-hmm. not a gay man. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, we might need to get a divorce. I oh. thought I married a gay man. Oh, boy. Um, I'm not. I'm nowhere near fabulous enough to be a gay man. Oh, I disagree. You are incredibly <laughs> fabulous, my I'm love. I'm a delight after a couple glasses of vino. You are but... a delight at all times. Okay, hush. Except outside in the heat. Mm-hmm. Or in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Mm, with your audiobook won't load. Less a delight, then. Yes, less of a delight. Anyway, but... I just wanted to see that moment where, like, the, you know, just, like, the kid in the back, like, pops up, like, oh, you know. Well, that's the sequel. I know. And there <laughs> should be. I just, I remember thinking that, because this came out in 2019, mm-hmm. and was really wanting, like, I read it when it first came out. And, and uh, yeah. Because you, you read it, and then you were like, because we, we were dating. Mm-hmm. Was it when, was it during the pandemic? No, I read it that year, that fall, and I think I told you about it. You told me about, about it, the and, then, and then part. you got it for me. I got to it for read. you to read, and then yeah, yeah, and then I ended up just buying a copy because it was like 
through my second read, I was like, this is a book I just have to own. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's a collection of books as a queer human you have to own. Mm -hmm. And if you have recommendations, please drop them on our Instagram or email us because I'm always willing to to buy more books um, by queer authors um, or about the queer existence. But so there's that. And I just was like, I think it's really hard for educators to be out. Yeah. It's always been difficult for me to be out. But I challenge people to go against that and think, what if that kid who needs that representation needs you to be there? Yeah. And I've had so many kids, whether I taught them or not, were like, oh, my sister's gay or my brother's trans or blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's so great. Like, they see that and they mm-hmm. their sense of community and, mm-hmm. or I have two moms and, like, they probably would have never told their teachers that and only one parent came to teacher night and people yeah. just assume yeah you have a mom you have a dad the and then i love at the end um my note to um said note to my parents though i have struggled with being your daughter i am so so glad that i am your child i just i that love so that beautiful. moment mm-hmm. i just love that moment for them because we see the parents as these very progressive Mm-hmm. multifaceted people the mm-hmm. dad the mom I love those two pages early on mm-hmm. describing that they sew and they make art and they play instruments and they're just these they teach they do all these amazing things and then the mom really struggles with grasping the gender identity but mm-hmm. not the bisexuality mm-hmm. and then um, the aunt the moment with the aunt was really hard yeah that was something that I, I wanted to call out too one of the things I really struggle with is, like, within the queer community, when we have gatekeeping, I just get so frustrated because it's like, we're all part of this marginalized community. Why on earth would you further marginalize A these members of, of our family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, so when you saw her, um, this older lesbian aunt that was, like, a feminist. Very lesbian haircut. Yeah. Um, I appreciated that representation. I, I did too. Uh, I appreciated the the haircut rep, like the haircut representation in this book was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like you saw so many different. I love aspects. that he gets a haircut professionally for the first time mm-hmm. on their 16th birthday, and he goes like, home oh and my gosh, mom fix it. Mom fix it. Yeah. <laughs> did you want to say something? Our our pug is suddenly at the mic. Oh, you're shy. <laughs> I really liked and related to the discovering queer artists due to crushes or relationships because that's how I discovered like a lot of the artists that I fell in love with that were like queer artists um, is like a, uh, you know, having a crush on somebody or being in a relationship with somebody and then that's like that relationship might end but then you get to like take this love of these artists with you for the rest of your life. Which I think is like a, a cool gift that I don't know that we always talk about. Um, and I, I especially loved and deeply related to the section where they, where he was talking about wearing like kind of like bike sh- as a, Oh, as the underwear. Mom. I thought of you. Yeah. Because that's exactly the type of underwear I wear. And then... With dinosaurs. I'm with di- I literally have underwear with dinosaurs. Um, but... I did too. I forgot. I bought some. That's right, because we wanted to be twinsies. Well, I wanted to match my dinosaur sports bra. But, uh, oh, okay. Not one of the But underwear twinsies. has come a long way for females. 
Well, and queer bodies and non-binary bodies. Yeah. And, and just the last few years. Yeah, but anyway... But that, back then in the early aughts, there was not a lot. Yeah, that moment where where E was talking about realizing... Um, where E was realizing air period wasn't really compatible with the, like, bike-type shorts. Mm-hmm. That has been... Like, actually, we had a discussion about it the other day, but that has been, like, this whole thorn in my side of underwear of underwear wearing yeah Mm -hmm. basically I have like what I refer to as my period panties because I don't like wearing them I don't like how they feel on my body but they hold a panty liner to prevent leakage leakage yeah like because that's the worst pretty way to say it yeah being an adult and having leakage you see all these pretty fluffy commercials of everybody wearing skirts and white and dresses and all this stuff i don't do have a happy period are you kidding me no all periods are angry a happy period is a no period yeah like when is menopause and can i please have it now yeah can i elect for early menopause yeah thank you well you're close okay (laughs) you better watch i'm just saying like i there's a I resonated so much when E mentions wanting to have re- the reproductive air, air reproductive system taken out. Yeah, like yes. not gonna, I'm not gonna use this. Sign me up. Take it out. Where do bye bye. But it's elective if you don't have to have it out. You know. But see, this is what's so frustrating. Is like there's so many doctors that are like, I'm not gonna do this until you have some kids. And you're like, bro, that's 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 not your choice. It is a bro thing to say, so you're right on that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I've never had like, I've never had that conversation with uh, a gynecologist that was a female, mm. like that was a woman. But you've had male gynecologists? Yeah, that's all I had until I moved here. No, I no, I'm not letting a dude take a gander down there. Oh, and he was he was weird too. I didn't. Okay, that's a story for another time. But... <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> I uh... first of all, is there not like a directory of like queer trans doctors? Yeah, we need that. We need we that. We need that so if that, bad. If that is in existence, drop it in our socials. But like, yeah. I feel that like should, that sh- if it's not a thing, it should be a thing. Yeah, like where people can <clears throat> vet them and be like, yeah, they're good. Go to this one. Mm, they get it. They'll be nice. Because, yeah. like, people who have transitioned still have to go to the other They have doc- to make sure things are okay. Things of their bodies that are yeah. associated to the other gender still mm-hmm. work. Yeah. You know? And, like, a, a woman going in for a prostate exam doesn't fly very well with, I think, a lot of doctors. I've gotten really upset when I don't see options beyond male-female on forms. Yes, I have started to see other, but I'm so offended by that term. Yeah. Why not just call me it? Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, We're thanks. We're above that. I'm yeah. other? Other, yeah. So that's why I'll write, I've started now on intake forums. If I don't see it, I'll write, you should probably consider. I've seen you do that. Have yeah. you? <laughs> Wasn't that at the eye doctor? We're like, your gender does not matter at all. That and the dentist. Like, but all still, that really matters is if I'm a smoker or not. Like, at the dentist. You know? Like, but still, or like, if it's, I floss, apparently. It's, it's important. And you know what's interesting? One of the doctors that I went to, I, that I did that on, then later when I went back, their form suddenly had 
additional options. Was it other? Or no, was it? it was not other. Did they thankfully. other you? They did not other me. What was it? Um, I think it was like they, them. Perfect. Like they went with a safe they, them. Um, honestly, for medical forms, like, I can understand if you had a place where you were like AFAB or AMAB. Like, I get that because then that helps them have a frame you of reference for what to talk to. You want to say what that means for some people to, who might not to remember. To. Assigned oh, female at birth. Oh, yeah. Assigned female at birth or assigned male at birth. Um, and it's a very safe and non-harmful way for folks to give the medical community the data they need to talk to you without triggering you or you know misgendering you or dead naming you like i i feel very but I feel like strongly there should also be a place on there that says what are your pronouns yeah exactly i feel very strongly that you should be able to put your pronouns and then if you need to and feel comfortable doing so you can you can check those other boxes or even like preferred name because like your legal name yeah just so you well yeah i'm like because it's the same as if someone goes by their middle name or they go by a nickname that's not Big Daddy, you know? <laughs> I go by Big Daddy when I go into the guy. <coughs> I say, I'm Big Daddy. Help me no, out. No, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, legitimate, like, I go by Evan instead of Hannah. You know, that kind of thing. Sure. You want to respect people's names. Mm-hmm. And I always think it's interesting when doctors come in, they're like, hi, Anna. I'm like, oh, hello, they read my chart. Hi. Also, do you do that? No, but I think it. I'm like, oh, okay. hi, where are you going to touch now? Where are you going to look? Where are you going to poke at me next? <laughs> I mean, especially with the dentist, because they're all up in your business. They, they're they, just, they're they da- literally in your, down your throat. They're down your throat. Well, you know, not. Okay, let's move on. Well. So anything else? I want to um, talk about the reading. I, so I know. I wanted to mention, mm-hmm. <clears throat> especially when we consider that our author is a member of the trans non-binary community and the inclusion of as much Harry Potter representation as I was, mm-hmm. I'm curious if Maya still feels a deep connection to that. That would be a question. I, I would love to interview the author. Oh, yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, it's one of those things like so many queer folks have such a connection to the text and I was listening to an interview a while back where they were like, the, the people that were being interviewed were like, um, I feel a connection to the text and I consider it almost almost biblical because it speaks to me on a very a queer level of being othered and, and being, you know, kind of sidelined and, and learning that there is power in my differences. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely loathe the author and I've feel like the fandom has taken enough of a kind of a journey a journey and a look of its own that we can basically take the parts we like and go on forth with our own stuff but they choose to actively not do anything that supports the author for good reason well i always think of it like everything that came out of dumbledore's mouth was about inclusion and kindness Mm mm-hmm and that is everything that the author has not done yeah. in her own life. Yeah. So I just, I don't know if she just like had a lobotomy afterward or I, just something happened. I don't, I don't know. Understand. I just do not know. I don't understand. I just, something tragic happened and then it was just awful for that. Human. Or that was the, all the good in their body. Was God. put into those characters. Yes. And then, then there was nothing left. Um, 
I also, I, I did want to mention too, like, it really, it meant a lot to me to kind of read how frustrating it is to kind of constantly be correcting people who misgender you. Mm. Because that happens to me more than I wish it did. And it's very frustrating. It can be awkward. And sometimes it feels, occasionally it feels dangerous. Mm. So it just, it's like. Even though in the book he likes it. Yeah. When it happens. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, But I just, I don't know. It's just like, it's one of those things that like, on a surface level, you're like, that's not that big a deal. But it really is. It really is a big deal. Or correcting people about their pronouns and just the the metaphor of it being. Oh, like a, like a itchy tag or something. An itchy tag. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, something you just that you want to cut the scissors off. Yeah. And then the friend talks about you oh, not correcting them. Like, yeah. instead of them being uncomfortable for a little bit, you want to always be uncomfortable with them saying your wrong pronouns. Yeah. That's a huge, this is really that's impactful. a huge thing. I also had another thing to note um, where they realized that they didn't have to get married mm-hmm. or date anyone or have kids. That wasn't it. Let me finish. Oh, sorry. They realized they didn't have to get married. Or date anyone or care about sex. Yeah. And I think, as someone who was assigned female at birth, mm-hmm. those three realizations are huge. Mm-hmm. And for someone who comes out as non-binary, after having been told all along, you are female, you have mm-hmm. to get married, you have to have kids, you have to pretend to enjoy sex or try to or just do it all the time or make people happy think about it yeah or make your partner happy whatever fill in the blank right fill in the blank with what you were told because i'm sure it was a lot we're told like basically all of that all that that's really huge Mm -hmm. and that's huge on a feminist level and that's huge just on a a human human level level. i was gonna say human level too yeah that it took place thunder that's huge you can have the thunder back okay thanks (sighs) all right magic dragons okay that's huge on a human level. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think people take some of the, let's just say it. Let's just say what we're all thinking. What are we all thinking? We're all thinking about the strap-on scene. Oh, yeah. And that's the part that makes us uncomfortable. Oh, that didn't make me uncomfortable. No, not not us. Oh, not us. The, like, the weird conservative Republican people that freak out. Yeah, and want to ban books. Yeah. Yeah, there's a scene. Oh, you think it's that scene? I think you it's You don't dope. think it's the gay men scene? No, I think that one's kind of tame. Oh, because that's the one I've seen, like, screenshotted in, like, reference on articles. No, I feel like it's the, this, I think they're too embarrassed to put the strap on part. Oh, yeah? On there. You think that's what they're freaking out about, but they're like, Oh, we can't put that Well, Earl's girlfriend's like, I got a new strap on today, and I want to put my favorite dildo in it, and I want you to suck me off, and then I want to. No, no, no. What? No, the girlfriend wants to suck you off. Oh, sorry. I want to suck you off, and then I want you to be inside me, or whatever, that kind yeah. of thing. Texting about it. And, like, again, this is for mature teens. They are reading more graphic scenes in Gossip Girl. If you've watched the new Gossip Girl yeah. on HBO Max, that makes me not want to admit to my mother I watched that, and I've watched it. Yeah. And when I have middle schoolers tell me about that, I'm like, oh, oh no. I'm like, oh, haven't seen it, blah, blah, blah. I don't have HBO Max. Like, I'm not going to admit that I watched that. I've had young kids tell me their favorite show uh-huh. is Law and Order SVU. Really? Oh. 
Yeah, that's a good show. Not for not, not for, for that, that age. age group, and it's like you. But have it's to, on all the time. If they have cable, but you have to kind of like mentally prepare yourself and be like, "Well, I'm not their parent, but I am an authority figure." So I say, "Oh, okay," and move on. Like I'm not going to discuss Olivia Benson with you. She's amazing. Yeah. But we're not going to have that conversation because those shows are not appropriate for that age group. Yeah. Just end period. That's it. Like that's not me being conservative. That's me like watch those shows. They they talk about scary things that, about that sexual you abuse. Hope your child doesn't have to be aware of exactly until they're, so they're older. much much older. Yeah. So I think about that and I'm like, that's the scene, and um, and I just want to say get over it. Like you have the power as a human to not check out a book, to not buy a book that yeah. you find offensive. Yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah? Yeah, it's why I don't, like, read books by Rush Limbaugh or, I think... Donald Trump. Donald Trump wrote write? a book. Yeah. I well, I'm sure he had he a ghostwriter. I'm not sure that he can read. Uh, no, he probably can't read or write, but he had a ghostwriter. But, yeah, I, I, I exercise that right constantly. I... I have never tried to get one of those books. Maybe we should try that. No, we Just shouldn't lower ourselves. Yeah. We shouldn't lower ourselves no. to that level. Um, I did find it. And I don't want to prevent that from being out there. My goal no. is that if through that's reading important that, to somebody, sure yeah. you can read it through reading through. that. Like you're studying the other side, like to see what their argument is, so that you can counteract that. Okay, I have one more, one more thing that I I liked. I loved. Um, and it was a little thing, but I really loved it. The um, the names of the stores. Uh, oh, Forever 29? The, yeah, and the Joanne Fabric and Crap. Um, and oh, I Boss Dress for a Quest. I saw the Boss Dress for a Quest. Yeah, that was pretty good. I cool. loved, I loved, uh, just, I loved that. There's so many moments in this book, and I just, I love it when an author, which I love graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Me period. too. I love graphic novel memoirs because mm-hmm. I feel like they really invite you in and, and they I, show and tell you. Yeah, and I but I, I f- love it when the author is also the illustrator. Yes, I feel like it just adds an extra layer of intimacy between you. Yeah, and the, and the I think it's a perfect word for it. Yeah, like I just feel like I really you know was, them. I was like, sh- be careful, like I was showing a lot, but I was that you know I won't, like like, like someone this. invited you in. Yeah, I was shown a lot of their world mm-hmm. from their perspective, and even if I don't identify with every part of it. I identify with it, like I said, kind of on a human level. Mm-hmm. Of like, this is their story, this is their journey, and like, no, one part of it shouldn't be taken out of context and banned. Like, that's that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And this book has, I don't remember any profanity. I do think he says, God damn it, at some point. Yeah. I, I can't remember at what. I think it was uh, being misgendered or being called ladies. I think that might have been. Yeah, it. I think that. Because I feel like that too. Um, oh. Yeah, when people I, say you ladies, or they'll call us young women. I'm like, um, not that young anymore. But it's just a way to degrade women. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I just think it. It just it has that extra layer mm-hmm. of intimacy when they're also the illustrator, and and like I said, that that deluxe edition. If you if you haven't bought it, or if you. Um, you haven't read it. Or you're looking for a gift for somebody. Yeah, I think every, I, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today. I think I because I get books for, for everyone for Christmas since I've become a librarian. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to buy everybody a band book this year. Ooh, I like it. Can, and a book can that we will, give my parents genderqueer? Well, I was going to say, hold on. <laughs> and a book that not necessarily will make them uncomfortable, 
but will take them out of their comfort zone. Mm. And yeah, I think we need two copies of the Genderqueer Deluxe Edition for your mom and dad. Oh, don't share. You don't want them to share? <laughs> yeah. Because I can mm. just, I think, you know, I think uh, it's important. I yeah, think it's so I do too. important. And like, if I had this book as a kid. Do we send in your mom one? Now think about it. Okay, you I got real want, quiet for No, I want to send my mom all boys aren't blue because I know she'll freak out more about that one. Because she'll just, start reading it. She'll be like, oh, it's a book for me. It's a thriller. Because I send her a lot of thrillers that I've read mm. and I have, you know, put my stamp of approval on it. And she'll be like, wait, what? This is gay male sex and non-binary and transgender and he's black? What? She's going to flip out. It's going to be just, great. <sighs> it's going to be great. What I want, and if she doesn't like it, I'll I'll give the return postage. I'll pay for return postage, and we'll queer bomb a free little library. This is what I really want. I know we we joke um, about making our parents uncomfortable because they but have we, made us uncomfortable. We want to change frequently. their perspective. We want to change our perspective. Like I I was thinking about this a lot, and I'm just like, I want to be able to tell my parents, hey. In the upcoming election season, it would really mean a lot to me if you would consider voting for candidates that support our rights instead of support taking away our rights. Because it's a very scary time. We've worked really hard to and find we have a long each way other. To go still. We have a long way to go still. There's still aspects of of you know, straight people's lives that they don't think about as having protections for that we don't. And um, so, I mean, I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately of talking to my parents about. Well, I, I thought about the band books, gifts, ideas for the holidays just as a way to support those authors and to mm-hmm. pro- support those stories and and just be like, look, if you don't like the book, you don't have to read it. But like, this is an imp- But with like a personalized note that says this book was influential in my life because X, Y, and Z. Or I really liked this book because, you know, fill in the blank. I thought you might enjoy it too because blank. Like, you know, just a simple, you know, with love, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, whatever. Um, well, in worst case scenario, if they hate it and they just give it to half price books, then a queer person can get it cheaper. Yeah. Exactly. So Make no downside. Yeah, I've never seen some of the more popular or really very any queer books that have price books unless they're brand new and they just came out. So that tells me we're finding them and buying them. Yay, go us. Yay, go us. Um, but also, boo, I can't find them. But um, yeah, let's do our ratings. So That's what I, I was about to ask. I, you know, I have such a personal connection with this book because I think my first reading of this, I started to realize that I identify on some level as genderqueer. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, I'm not shaving legs and I wear more masculine clothing now and I gotta have pockets in my pants. That's what I've been telling you for years. I know, and the, the haircut happened in the last year and then I, the makeup I love and it. yeah. I just um I don't know, but I also have some very feminine qualities the way that I talk with my hands, my voice usually when I'm not, you know, recovering from an upper respiratory infection. And so many things about me are still just very feminine. Um so I, I struggle with that and not knowing what to call it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, so I really resonated with it. So I would, and I've taken something different away from it every read. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's one of those that like you just need to bring back into your rotation every a biannual reading. Biannual reading. I'm telling you, it's so important um, that I would definitely would have and still give it five glittering rainbows. I'm gonna give it five glittering rainbows. You know, I'm gonna do it. I know. It's just I can't even like I can't even describe to you like how frustrating it is for me just on a queer level, like not even mm-hmm. like a professional librarian level, but. On a human queer level, mm-hmm. or queer human level, I guess that's how we'd say it as adjectives in English language go. A queer human level that this book has been banned. It makes me incredibly angry. Incredibly mm-hmm. angry. Like, I tweeted an angry tweet while waiting for the dog to go potty outside. I just, I just like, leave it alone, okay? Just, you know, just like the one guy was screaming, leave Brittany alone. We need that. Like, leave our queer authors alone. Leave them alone. Because they're saving lives. Yes. They're I'm making t- you uncomfortable, but they're saving kids' lives. Yes. So, so let me get this straight. You would rather people not be able to read books that represent who they are. You'd rather them commit suicide. You'd rather them get bullied bullied and beaten and die like that's the alternative we're talking about oh it just makes me so angry because this book is so amazing it's it's so amazing our dogs are excited they're very excited i think too um when i look at book banning it's like nobody wants to think about their kids talking about sex no but they're gonna do it well having probably already are having been a kid They talk about sex, whether they've done it or not. And then, guess what? Once you become a teenager, there's the shame in you haven't had sex. You haven't done certain things here or there, insert parts where you don't want them. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's terrible. So then there's the pressure to do it, whether you want to or not, just so you can go back and talk about doing it. Well, that's why I just, I I tried to pretend I did the sex. I tried to pretend I did sex. That's about as on top of it as I was. But no, I would just like make like motions I'd seen people make and they're like, you oh. did that? And oh I was my like, God. No, 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 yeah. No, but I'm saying like nobody, nobody wants to think about their kids losing innocence that, yeah. that way. No matter how mature they are. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to talk to their parents about it. And we're cool parents. And I know our son's not going to talk to us about that. So we try to bring it up in conversations to let him know things are okay. We normalize things. We normalize that. Yeah, so, so we like, can talk about these but things. But there are parents that don't. And let me tell you, they're not learning it at school. They're learning it in the lunchroom. They're not learning it in a classroom. They're no. learning it in the lunchroom or they're yeah. learning it on a bus. Ew. It's oh, the worst place. Worst place. They don't clean buses. No. So anyway, that's, that's what I'll say. And um, let's talk about um, our, our next read um, is going along with um, the battle of banning books um, is David Levithan's newest read, Answers in the Pages, mm-hmm. where we will get answers within the pages. Ah, so that's exciting. And without. Mm-hmm. And it is a about a middle school, I mean it was a fifth grade, fifth grade class that has a a book that goes through a banning process and it's a quick read it's a great read um so did this book about a book that gets banned did that book also get banned i have not seen it get banned but david wouldn't that be ironic that would be hilarious (laughs) 
But David Levithan is is not um, is not a stranger to having his books banned, so he was definitely an ideal author for this. And when I when I heard that this was in the works through like you know my channels of people in the know, I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to get my hands on this. And then there weren't a lot of arcs given, which mm. is an advanced reader copy. Sorry, and I was like really pissed about that. So as soon as it came out, I was like, I pre ordered that. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm all about this, especially what I learned because he's a he's a gay man. And his books have been banned for LGBT um, content. Um, that it was... That's not a viable reason. It's I'm not. I'm sorry. It's, it's not. not. It's not. <clears throat> Just like woke is not a viable reason. It's not. Um, hashtag it's not. Like, can we just do that? Like, it's not mm-hmm. a viable reason. But anyway, um, when I found out that it was... There was queer content woven throughout, which mm-hmm. he just had to do. It was just perfect. And it was mm-hmm. a beautiful story. I can't wait to discuss it with you. Um, I've already pre-read it and love it, so I'm sure you'll be waiting for my review on that. But, um, yeah, we're going to keep that going in September. And then, um, yeah. So celebrate this this uh, September. If you want other reads, we'll be posting books. Um, yeah, and there's already are, some we've already... Already read that already are banned? Like, have all banned. boys aren't blue? All boys aren't blue. That's a... That's a uh, sometimes number two or three after genderqueer on the list lately of banned yeah. books. Yeah, he's close, close contender for being one of the most banned. Um, so, you know, a must-read list. Definitely. A banned book list is a must-read list. For sure. Absolutely. Always, always. Well, until next time. We are all queer here. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>